I eventually told my siblings and my parents, and that was very challenging because, you know, it's just like, this is a completely different version of me that I'm showing to them. And it's so scary because it's not any belief system that we grew up with. Everyone surprised me, honestly. I was so afraid of being rejected, of being laughed at, of being like kind of ostracized. I I wanted to be able to say like with confidence what I was experiencing. Like I am um, an intuitive and I've had mediumship experiences and like say these things with confidence without feeling like I needed to defend myself and without feeling like I needed to convince them to believe something else. And it took me this long to get to that point. That way, however they reacted, I would still be okay because I was coming into the conversation feeling like solid and strong in what I know. I just had to wait till I got to the point that it I wanted them to accept me, but I also knew I would be okay if they didn't. Hello Seeker, welcome back to the Awakening Her podcast. My name is Talia Joy. In this episode, I'm sitting down with Emily Anderson. Emily is an intuitive, a channel, a podcast host, a mom, and a past client of mine. I decided to bring Emily on the show today to talk about her spiritual awakening because that is what we are all going through. And for some people like her, it was a very sudden experience where she went from not being as spiritual to full on being a channel, being a medium, doing readings, and it all really happened over the span of a few months. So I cannot wait for you to hear her story. There's so much gold in her story and what she has to say. And if this resonates with you, make sure to go check out her podcast, Suddenly Spiritual. All her information is below. So without further ado, let's welcome Emily onto the show. Hey Seeker, welcome to the Awakening Her podcast. I am so grateful that you've been led here and I'm excited for you that you're answering the call to manifest more magic in your life by mastering the law of attraction. So cool. My name is Talia and I'm committed to cutting the fluff and showing you exactly how to manifest more excitement, ease, success, abundance, confidence, love, and anything else you've been craving. So if you're ready to crack the code on manifestation, amplify your intuition and play in the quantum. We are now besties. Let's do this. Hello, Emily. Welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm so excited you're here. How's it going? Good. I am so happy to be here and thank you for inviting me on. This is really cool. This is, um, kind of a full circle moment for me because I have been listening to the podcast for a long time and we've worked together. So this is very cool for me. (laughs) Oh, thank you. I'm so excited. This is going to be so great. So yes, you're sharing with everybody that we've worked together and I slightly hunted you down, not in a creepy way to be like, (laughs) can you come on the show? Can you please share your story? It's so exciting. I'm really excited about what we're going to get into today. And just for everyone listening, if you've gone through what you would say is a spiritual awakening, and if it feels Emily's story, as we'll get into, has been quite sudden, a lot of changes in a short amount of time. Um, And for some of us, it is that way where it feels almost overnight or through COVID or through different things that have happened. Um, And other people, it's been a gradual journey, but this is going to be a really, it's really cool to hear about your journey and your spiritual awakening. And I just can't wait for everything we're going to get into. Yeah, I'm excited. I am. I'm excited to share my story and hopefully some people can relate because I know that the process of having a spiritual awakening can be confusing and lonely and weird and you might feel like you're going crazy and I have felt all of those things and so I'm sure that uh, people can also relate to those feelings. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's funny in this world too because especially compared to, and we'll get into this, but like maybe your family or your friends or how you were brought up, you do feel like you're going crazy. Nobody gets you. You know, it could be your friend circle or whoever. It's not 
something that is around you. But then once we get into this world and start connecting with like-minded people, it is so comforting to go like, you felt that too? Oh my goodness, I thought it was just me. So I feel like that's also something that we're going to help people with today, as you said, is just, you're not alone. It's just a spiritual awakening. (laughs) You're not losing yourself. You're finding yourself. I promise. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So let's just start at the beginning. Um, Whatever you feel comfortable to share, let's just start with who are you? (laughs) Where are you? A little (laughs) bit about you. And we'll start to talk about, um, yeah, your awakening experience. Yeah. So my name's Emily Anderson and I um, live in North Carolina and I went through a rapid spiritual awakening like Talia has mentioned. And this process started about two years ago when I became pregnant with my youngest daughter. I've got three kids. And at the time, I was running an online business. I had a DIY blog that I had turned into a business where I was teaching women how to use power tools. It was a very practical business. And I was not in the world of um, anything gushy or (laughs) spiritual in any way. I was in a world where I relied very heavily on things that were very practical. And my business was doing great. Um, But... I guess I'm just jumping into my story. Is that good? Yeah, of course. Yeah. I'm already (laughs) enrolled. I'm like, what next? (laughs) (laughs) But I I was kind of at the height of when my business was doing really well. I was hosting big events and um, everything was going good, but I felt super discontent and just not satisfied with my life, with the business. And I couldn't figure out why it was like this feeling like something is missing. I don't know why I'm not happy. I've done everything I'm supposed to do, followed like the advice of every business advisor. Like, why am I so uncomfortable? And I stayed uncomfortable for a long time until I I started hearing some people talk about using intuition to make decisions in their businesses. And I thought, what is intuition and where do I get it? And so I decided to start researching, like, what is intuition? And doing that is what unlocked just a waterfall of this spiritual awakening that I was very unprepared for. I was not searching for. Um, I had read a book at that time to try and learn about intuition. And the book turned out to actually be about spirit guides. And um, one of the things in that book was there was a question posed that's like, what does your soul desire? And I always remember this question because I read that phrase, what does your soul desire? And I was like, holy cow, I have a soul. (laughs) I didn't even know I had a soul. I thought that I was just my brain and my body. And reading that, I was like, it was like an instant awareness that there was so much more to me and more to the world around me than I um, had been letting myself believe and experience. And so once I discovered I had a soul (laughs) and started Mm -hmm leaning more into that, I just couldn't stop reading. Everything was so interesting to me and it was also so familiar. And so I started reading about like universal consciousness, about um, manifestation, about all these different spiritual practices and beliefs about past lives. And um, gosh, it was just wild. I mean, from there I started meditating a lot and then started having visions And then I decided, well, I wonder if I could have these visions for other people. So then I tried doing readings for other people and that worked. And this was all within about eight months that I went from not knowing I had a soul and not knowing what intuition was to doing readings for other people. So it was rapid and, um, there's all kinds of emotions and experiences and ups and downs that were in there. But, um, yeah, that's, that's the story of my, that is, it's incredible too. Cause we were working together for some of that time, but just <laughs> to hear that all of that happened over eight months. And I love <laughs> 
just how you weren't in this world before. And, and I, you know, I know that about you, that you, and a lot of my clients are this way where they like the practical, they like the something they can wrap their heads around. And so for you to come this far in eight months, um, from that point to, you know, where you started Um, doing readings and stuff, that is just so incredible. Um, I'd like to start toward the beginning of the awakening and just kind of talk about for a second, you're in your business, you have this blog, as you said, it's doing really well. You had lots of followers, you had lots of, you know, whatever it was that, you know, was, I guess, views and, and your content, people were really liking it, feedback but then you're not content. You're not happy. And that's such an interesting point that people get to in an awakening where they will often recognize. And I'm just curious if you relate to this or, um, people that you do readings for or whatever, um, that where they recognize they're just not content and they can all of a sudden have the money they've been going for or the career or a partner and they have kids, they have a literal white picket fence and they don't feel content inside. So can we talk about that a little bit? Like, what was that feeling like? Was, were you falling out of love with the business or what, you know, just so other people can relate to that feeling of like, what's going on with me? I should be happy, right? Mm -hmm. I should be content. This is what I've wanted. So I just love to hear your experience in that. Yeah. So I, when I think about that time, I remember being really confused about why I wasn't happy because I should have been, I mean, I thought I should have been satisfied because I, I was, I was, I built this business. It was making money. It was successful. Like, um, everything was going well, but I kept thinking like, this is it. Like, this is all like, what, what am I even doing? And I just, um, I just, I I was reading back through my journal from that time. And I was like, why can't I just settle down? Why can't I just settle into this? And I think that word settle is important because I was trying to make myself settle, but I had this feeling like that there was something bigger and the feeling that I had, it was sort of like, it was just this naggy, annoying feeling that I couldn't get rid of. It's like when you leave the house and you think, oh, I forgot to lock the door and then you can't stop thinking about it but it was like that feeling for months (laughs) and I just couldn't shake it. And, um, as much as I tried to ignore it, it just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And part of what I think is at the root of that is, um, when I was starting to try and learn about intuition, one of the things I had realized is that I really didn't know how to make decisions. Um, I was really good at asking other people for advice, but when people asked me like what I thought, or if I tried to make a decision without doing research, I just couldn't do it. I didn't have any confidence in my, my own knowledge and my own ability to choose the right next thing. And so, um, I think part of the feeling that something was wrong in my life is that I was basing my whole life on what other people were telling me to do, not based on my own intuition, my own soul, and my own desires. And so a major part of my journey has just been discovering I had a soul and then learning how to connect with that and learning how to connect with who I truly am because I realized that I didn't I didn't actually know myself at all. And that was kind of at the root of that discontent. It's mm-hmm. what I believe. I'd built a life based on the outside rather than based on the inside. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so fascinating. Like, why can't I just settle? Why can't I just settle? And it's almost like what you kind of alluded to. It's like your ego was almost saying like, just settle, settle for this, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Cause when you say like, why can't I settle? That's a different word or meaning than like, I have to settle in life, but it almost was the same in some way, right? You're kind of going, why can't I settle? And you're almost like life is going, just settle for this. You're fine. You should be happy. You have the kids, you have the husband, you have the house, Mm -hmm. a business. You're fine. Just settle. But your spirit was going like, oh, there's so much more. Or your soul, as you say, was like, there's more here. But the human self was going like, should I just settle for this? Even though settling in that case wasn't bad. It's not like you have a bad life. Mm -hmm. So that's a really, I just thought that was interesting. Like, you knew that you didn't want to settle for what you had, but not in the physical necessarily. As you said, it was, it was not so much the physical journey. It was the inside. Yeah. Um, yeah, That's so Mm -hmm. fascinating. So 
when you're describing, like you were just starting to feel uncomfortable, did you, did you love what you did before, but then you kind of started to be like over it or what did that look like with the things that you were passionate about? You built this business and you were awesome at it. So did you just kind of fall out of love with it? Just find yourself not wanting to do it as much or. Um, well, I, I don't know. So I, I did love that business that I built and I loved what I was doing. I was, um, doing a lot of DIY projects. That was the whole business was sharing my DIY projects. And then I had courses and different things people could buy to help them learn how to do their own DIY projects, do woodworking, use tools, things like that. And I really, I loved doing that, but I, I, um, what I realized actually later on is that the part that I loved was not so much the teaching people how to use power tools, but it was the uh, encouraging other women to like be confident enough to try to, to use the power tools or to do the project or to step into a, a hobby that's really more masculine. And so it can be really intimidating. And when I looked back at my business, I would send emails, you know, and, and the emails I would send like five tips to use your drill, like no one would respond to, but the emails that I sent that are like, this is how to believe in yourself. I would get so many responses and I'd make these really deep connections with other women who were stepping into their confidence and who were, um, you know, just stepping into this hobby. That's really like a male dominated hobby, but what I found so much satisfaction in was that sort of inspiration piece and that that connection and that building other people up. At the time, I didn't make that distinction. But now looking back, I can see that's where a lot of the, the joy came from, was not from the technical things I was doing, but from the, the connections that I was making and sort of that more inspirational type stuff that... Um, that I really found motivating and made me happy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can relate to that fully. When I first started doing nutritional consulting or nutrition consulting, I started realizing that I got the most feedback, not on five things to put in smoothies or like the power of blueberries, like nobody people, you can Google that shit. Right. Mm -hmm. And not to underestimate what you were doing, but you could Google how to use something. But when somebody inspires you to be confident that now connects you to that person. And if they, if you say something that they go like, Oh my goodness, I need to hear that today to you, it's meaningful to them. It's meaningful. And yes, you could Google how to be confident, but it's just not going to land the same as when the right email at the right time comes in the inbox and it's about something that is relative to them. It's just neat that you, the meaning part of it was the part that stuck out more than just the projects and all that. I also thought too about how much pressure you must have to like always do a project. Like I was just thinking about <laughs> the drain. Also, you're a mom at that time, a mom of two, and like you, you're, you're doing projects constantly ripping up floors and repainting this. And I was thinking like, what a crazy thing to almost have a pressure of a business is like, what's your next project? What's your next Instagram worthy overhaul, right? That's just, mm -hmm. it's just a lot to take on, but you're, you're amazing at it. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. So you started to have this feeling. And then, as you said, intuition really came up. And I find that that is sometimes the gateway drug for people is that <laughs> intuition of like, huh, what is that? And I would almost like to hear about it because you were so like logic in, in some ways centered that mm -hmm. intuition is just like the opposite end. Um, so what was that like starting to get into intuition? You had touched on that. It was kind of like a remembering, but also learning something new. I'd love to hear about that a little bit. Yeah. Um, my research of intuition was like my last resort <laughs> because I really didn't, I just didn't believe that it was real. I just, this whole spiritual journey has just been spirit proving me wrong constantly. Every time I think something's not real, spirit's like, oh yeah, I'll prove it. <laughs> and the first thing was intuition. I thought for sure this isn't real. And, um, so it was kind of my last resort for trying to figure out how to like make better decisions and how to um, make decisions that were going to make me happy. And I can't say that like, like when I read about it, yeah, there was this remembering and like, it's sort of like started really ringing true and like I could feel it in my body, but I couldn't like instantly 
make intuitive decisions. Uh, it took me a long time to really reconnect with my intuition because I had really completely disconnected from, from that. Um, and so I don't know, I, for me, it was learning how to make decisions from my feelings, from my heart, from my body, instead of making all my decisions from my head. And that's a major transition in like your entire way of being <laughs> like, it's like a big change. And so, yeah, it, it's been a long process for learning how to incorporate that type of decision-making into my life, especially um, learning how to make make decisions like in partnership with both my logic brain and my intuition and learning how those things work together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. so beautiful. And I don't know the way that you receive it from spirit, but to me, intuition is like the way spirit moves through you. It's like decisions from our higher self, nuggets of information we might need to know, foresight to help us make decisions or to avoid certain things or to go with our heart. And it's a completely different way. Like the logical brain or the logical part goes like, pick a career that's this. And your heart's like, I want to paint. And your mind's like, <laughs> painting doesn't make any money. And your soul's, you know, your intuition's like, but just put a brush to canvas. And it is a giant leap for people because you kind of feel like maybe, I don't know if this was your experience, but you kind of feel like you're holding on to nothing, like you're winging it. Mm -hmm. But from this side of the fence, to me, there is nothing more certain than intuition. And sometimes a decision I make intuitively doesn't pan out like I thought it would. But given enough time, I find that it almost always is like, oh, yeah, that was the right path. And sometimes we might never know. But to me, the head is the place that leads us wrong because we're often making a decision from fear or lack, whereas intuition knows. But even as you said, it's kind of in blending the two, right? It's blending the spirit with the human, blending the head with the heart. It's kind of in blending the two. So what does that look like for you even nowadays, going kind of more from the head and then activating your intuition more? And now, like, what does it look like in the middle to make decisions from kind of both? I think I'm still figuring that out exactly how that works. I, a major part of my journey, especially right now is I feel like I'm finally figuring out at least a little bit on the surface, how to integrate all of this like spiritual connection and expansion that I felt into my physical human people life, because at the beginning of my awakening and even sometimes now this connection to intuition soul spirit um source it feels so different from physical human life and like i have to go to the grocery store and i have to like take care of my children you know like i have to do like the practical things in life and then there's also this spiritual connection that just feels like expansion and love and floating. And I just like want to stay floating off in space all day because it feels so beautiful with this uh, like channeling and visioning and connecting with spirit. And so right now I really feel like I'm still learning how to marry the two and how to exist with both. So I don't have a clear answer for how right now I, I'm a I use both intuition and my logic brain, but I'm at least getting to the point where I can like see them side by side, where I can like see, I guess, both like feel my intuition and hear my logic brain and know how to tell the difference and then kind of meet in the middle if I can. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And I love that honesty because like, I'm still learning that too, <laughs> because, you know, and I, I share that and I shared that with you. It's like, that's the hardest part of my journey is like, oh yeah, I have to pay bills and I have to be emotionally resilient and I have to physically operate in this life and remember garbage day and do all of those boring human things when I want to just be off with my spirit team. But that's not the point. And I'm sure that you 
you know, see that as well. I know in all of your work now, like you're, you're receiving that too, is like, that's not the point. We're not meant to be in spirit all day. I think the highest hope for us um, on that side is for us to activate our spirit and lived from like a heart, live from like a heart centered place, but bring that into the human. Like we have mm-hmm. to bring that into the human. That's the point or else you're just escaping. Like I hate to say it, but yeah. if the only mm-hmm. time you feel spirit is when you can go to Costa Rica and ayahuasca, or when you can go into a two hour meditation, you're not integrating that into your everyday life. It's when we come back from the vision, come back from the meditation and let it play out that we actually are kind of evolving, you know, cause you can yeah. you know, re- receive, but we have to actually integrate. Yeah. I feel like that's where, like on my journey, that's kind of where I'm at right now. I've spent the last, you know, this whole awakening journey started about two years ago and I've spent the last two years really focused on spirit and on being with my guides, being with spirit, channeling, just being in the clouds. And right now I feel like I'm now starting to come back more into the human. (laughs) Like I'm coming back down. I feel like, um, and what spirit's really been showing me is that if I want to continue to grow my spiritual connection, I have to be willing to grow my capacity for humanity, for like being a person. And those two things grow together. So if I want to increase my connection to spirit, I have to be willing to like be vulnerable in my relationships to to heal human things that I need to heal that the two worlds, while they feel so separate, they're actually totally connected and they grow together. And if I try to leave behind the, the human, the human part, um, it's like, I'm kind of handicapping my spiritual journey. Like my spiritual journey can only go so far before it's held back by my unwillingness to deal with human challenges. So that's where spirit has led me now today on, on this journey. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. You guys, that is truth right there. Like (laughs) we can only, they say we can only ascend as high as our lowest parts or, you know, whatever the team is only as strong as the weakest link. It's like, if we're neglecting some of those human things, and sometimes it's even looking after ourselves, looking after our nutrition, Mm -hmm. our body, our mental health. And then of course, as you touched on healing and other work, if we can't do that for the human, our spirit can only, as you said, like expand so far. It just, I love the way you said that. It's just so true. It's so, so true. Um, So I want to talk about all the yummy things you receive now, um, the wisdom and all of that. But first, before we do that, I kind of want to just for everybody listening, what was it like when like the thing that sticks out in my mind is like when when Michael started visiting you because we were working together at that point and it was just you went from oh, I think like these are my intuitive types and I'm getting some nudges into like, oh, my God, like this person came in and then you really, you know, it was just a whole thing. So what was that like as your gifts very quickly started going to a new level where you were interacting Mm -hmm. with angels, with presences? Um, what was that like for you and kind of what, 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 what happened? How did that go? Um, well, so, so when I first started connecting with spirit and having visions in every time it happened, I was just kind of open to whatever was going to happen and I never had any expectations. And so because I didn't have any expectations, when a spirit guide would come through, it would feel really surprising because I wasn't trying to connect with a spirit guide or connect with an angel or connect, you know, with anything in particular. I was just, you know, trying to meditate actually is what I was trying to do, but it turns out I I was never meditating. I was always channeling. I just didn't know it. Um, And so I think because I didn't have any expectations and I wasn't trying to do anything, it made it really believable for me because I was like, I didn't make this up because I wasn't trying to do this. Like the surprise of it I think I really needed that because I'm pretty skeptical. And so um, I think spirit did me a favor coming in that way. I don't, otherwise I may not have believed anything if I was trying to make it happen. And like I mentioned before, 
it's like every time on this spiritual journey or even before that, that I've said that something isn't real. Like I didn't really believe in angels before. Um, I started having experiences with angels and I was like, oh, that's not real. That just sounds like a nice thing that people want to believe. Like angels sound so beautiful. Like what a beautiful thing to believe in. It's too convenient. And then as I was meditating one day, I had an experience with Archangel Michael. And since then, I've had other angels come in and it's been incredible. And I'll tell you like literally what I did. I, I had the experience of like, okay, I see him, like I sense him, like I sense this color, I sense these feelings. And I think that he's here to do this. And then I went and Googled to see if the internet said I was right about what my experience was. And it was all confirmed. It was so wild. The whole experience, I think, for me has just, like, I can't describe it as anything other than wild um, and constantly surprising. I, I really try have tried to approach it with curiosity leading me through. I've been trying to let curiosity be the lead because when I get too in my head about trying to figure everything out, trying to understand everything right away, I kind of miss the point. Like I miss the message. Like my brain gets in the way of what spirit's trying to deliver to me. So if I just stay in curiosity, then that's when those incredible experiences happen with those connections and, um, and all of that. So my first experiences with, with the angels were, well, it was emotional and beautiful and healing and magical. And then I had to Google everything and I was like, okay, I, I double believe it now. <laughs> mm -hmm. I love that. That's so good because as much as spirit wants to say, we're just talking about intuition, like don't Google everything, trust your gut. There's also this beautiful, like they're willing to bridge the gap. Like they're always willing to bridge the gap. And I love how you said it had to be very physical and very real or else I just would have, I just wouldn't have believed it. And there's a lot of people like that and spirits willing they're, they don't want to have to prove themselves because that's not, you kind of, you have to come to them, but in the same way, when you're teetering on the light, they're like, okay, let's send her that crazy thing that she just asked for, or a sign, or a, like you said, you know, a vision or something you sense, and then you go and confirm it. And that's, that's cool too. It's okay to be skeptical. Um, just for everyone listening that is that way. I think that that's really neat. And if I remember too, when we were in our time together, you were, Michael became a little bit of a guide. I mean, he is a guide, but for a bit when you started doing readings for people, and then there was also a time when he kind of was like, okay, you're on your own now. I've, I've helped you along. Could you just kind of even just describe that for a second, your journey with that and how he kind of came in and then kind of went out too a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So he, Michael came into my awareness really strong and it was like, um, I felt like he was my teacher is how the relationship really is. And he was showing me at that time, I was going through some really heavy and deep emotions. And I was really kind of struggling to identify them, to release them. Like I just, I was having a really hard time emotionally. Um, and that's the time when Michael appeared to me and he was teaching me all about healing, um, from those emotions. And it was, it was very emotional. And he, every day I would meditate and he would come back, he would come back and do the same thing. And each time, you know, he's coming in and helping me heal. He's kind of putting me more and more and more in the, in the lead, like showing me how to release by myself, how to heal by myself. And then eventually, um, when, when we were working together, he just kind of faded into the background. And I remember meditating and I was like, I can't feel Michael, like, where did he go? Like he felt like distant and away. And, um, that was a little scary for me. It was like, are my, is my gifts, are my gifts disappearing? Is my connection disappearing? Like what is happening? But what I came to understand is he was, it was sort of like, 
um, he came in to help me through this really difficult emotional time. And then once he knew I had the tools and that I could, you know, work through the, the rest of that situation, the rest of that um, emotional time, then he stepped back. Like he, whenever he came into my awareness, he's always behind my left shoulder with his hand on my shoulder. And with that representation, it was really like he was pushing me forward to, to like, almost like to be a leader is how it felt for me. Like he was saying, like, he's not going to do everything for me. He's going to show me how to do things for myself. And that's the kind of support that I, I guess I didn't know I needed, but it was really empowering. And, um, yeah. Yeah. It's like they come to teach you how to fish and that's that whole thing. Like we're not meant to live with them constantly consciously. Mm -hmm. That's, I have to be careful because they're always with us. We are with them, but it's, uh, you still have to be human. You still have to come back down, make decisions for yourself. We're just going to help you to guide you there or to make you feel loved, but you have to walk the walk. And that's the part yeah. too, is like, we have to do this physical experience, but we also get to have help, divine help, human help, you know, um, to support you through that time. That's just, yeah, that's, that's so cool. So as you went through that journey, I want to ask too, for any of um, people listening that feel like they have a closet to come out of, <laughs> what was it like with your husband, your family? What was that like? And are there any words of advice for someone who's going through a sudden awakening and needs to kind of come out to their family and wonders how the whole thing's going to land? And maybe they want to start doing card readings and they're just scared about how people would react to that in their life. How'd it go for you? <laughs> well, um, I would say right now I'm like, I've got like one foot in the closet and one foot out of the closet. So I'm, I'm halfway, I'm halfway there, <laughs> but I didn't actually tell my husband about any of these experiences until after I had started doing readings for other people. And I had a lot of fear about his perception of me. You know, I didn't know what he was going to think. And we've known each other. I mean, we've been married for over 10 years, 12 years. We've known each other for a really long time. And I was really nervous because having this experience completely changed me. And I really was aware of the fact that I was not really the same person that I was at the beginning of our relationship. And so it was just kind of scary for me to open up to him about the experiences I'd been having. And what pushed me to do it, I was actually reading through one of my old journals um, right around the time that I told him all this stuff. And what pushed me to do it is I was writing in my, I just read this passage in my journal. I was writing in my journal, like, I feel like my husband is like not being vulnerable with me. And he's, he's like not showing me him whole, his whole self and all of these things about how I felt like he wasn't letting me see him for who he truly was. And then I, I must've meditated. And then I wrote like, uh, like, Oh, it's me. Like <laughs> this is a mirror. <laughs> oh, I'm your next like, entry is oh crap. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Black all exactly. that out. <laughs> yep. Yep. And so I remember having that realization that if I wanted to feel closer to him, that I was going to have to be, vulnerable and show him like my whole self. And, um, I don't know, I probably didn't do it in a great way. I, we were sitting on the couch watching TV and I said, by the way, I think I'm psychic. That's how I told him. <laughs> Was he like, ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Did he respond well though? How did it go when you kind of shared? Yeah. He, um, he did, you guys did pause the show or anything. Um, yeah, he paused it. <laughs> And he, you know, gave me a look like, what's this girl talking about? And then when we, we talked about things and I told him my experiences and I told him, um, I, I told him that the readings I'd been doing and the things that had been validated in the, 
the information I was able to receive about people. And I just told him about my whole experience and my beliefs shifting. And he was so supportive. He was like, shocked me a bit, <laughs> to be honest, but he's like, well, that makes sense because everything is energy. And I was like, what? <laughs> I didn't know he thought that. So, um, it went so well and he's not super into spiritual stuff, um, in any way, but he's willing to listen to me and, um, and to support me through it. And then I eventually told my siblings and my parents, and that was very challenging because, um, you know, it's just like, this is a completely different version of me that I'm showing to them. And it's so scary because it's not any belief system that we grew up with. And, um, but everyone surprised me, honestly, I was so afraid of being rejected, of being laughed at, of being like, um, kind of ostracized, but everyone in my family responded with so much just love, not necessarily acceptance of what I was telling them, like not necessarily like, oh, like they were now spiritual people or they believed in the things I was telling them, but my parents had the most beautiful response. And they said, I don't know. I think this was my dad said, I don't know that I really believe in what you're saying, but I believe in you. Mm. And, um, it was just the most beautiful response. And it was, I'd waited so long to tell them. I actually just told my family a couple months ago that I was doing readings for people. And, um, I just realized like the, I waited to tell them because I was so worried about their judgment, but I just, I didn't even need to be like, it was, it was really beautiful. I feel like the hang up was, was me, not that they were going to be mean to me. I just underestimated how accepting and, um, and loving that they were. So it's, mm. I, I'm halfway out of the closet. No one else knows <laughs> unless they found my podcast or found me online. Like it's possible. But. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's beautiful. And I'm so glad that you had that experience. And, yeah. you know, maybe too, if there's someone in this position where they're needing to, you can also say, you know, taking a little bit of, of Emily's story and kind of going like, if there is someone who's skeptical or that really threatens their beliefs or something to say, like, you don't need to understand or believe what I believe, but I just wanted to tell you what's going on with my life. And sometimes people yeah. won't respond well, and maybe, mm -hmm. you know, hopefully they do, but sometimes it's like, you don't have to get it. You don't have to believe in spirit guides mm -hmm. or whatever, but just support me or just hear me. I wanted to share. Cause it is, it's, it's mm -hmm. tough. Um, has it made you closer to them at all in just in your energy, even if it's just kind of like the fact that they know, was that a relief? Did you feel like you were kind of hiding a part of your life and then you kind of got a little bit of relief telling them or? Yeah, definitely. Um, especially I feel like my husband and I were closer than we've been in a long time. It's actually really like our relationship is so amazing now. And I didn't realize how much I was holding back before. Mm. I also want to say I, I waited to tell my family until I felt like I could tell them without being defensive. Um, so I, I wanted to be able to say like with confidence, what I was experiencing, like I am, um, an intuitive and I've had mediumship experiences and like say these things with confidence without feeling like I needed to defend myself and without feeling like I needed to convince them to believe something else. And it took me this mm -hmm. long to get to that point. Mm -hmm. Um, that's why, you know, I waited so long to tell them. So, um, that way, however they reacted, I would still be okay because I was coming into the conversation feeling like solid and strong in what I know. And I think maybe that is more helpful for other people than my specific story is feeling that confidence within you um, before you start the conversation with someone else. Because I, I just had to wait till I got to the point that it, I wanted them to accept me, but I also knew I would be okay if they didn't. 
Mm. Yeah, that's really powerful. I love the way that you just, just nailed that because it's so true. And in manifestation, there's a lot of people that say, don't tell anyone what you're up to. The results will speak for themselves. And some people say that in the realm of dieting, or it's like, don't tell everybody what you're doing, just do it. Whereas other people say like, tell everyone for accountability, tell everyone the second, you know, and I think it's individual, but I really resonate. And there are people in my family that don't know what I do. I keep it very, I even have a really good friend that just the other day, we're like on a hike. I'm like, so I'm writing a book. He's like, what? I'm like, what he's like, what is it? What is it about? I'm like, so, you know, I'm kind of spiritual. He's like, well, yeah. And I was like, well, I'm writing this book, like on awakening. And he was like, oh, like, good job. I'm really, I'm re- that, that's awesome. And I, I did that intentionally because I had a moment of going, he has no idea. Cause he's kind of from a different part of my friends. He's not from my online community. He's from real life. And even before I had kids and stuff. So I just thought in order to allow people to really get to know me, even just my core people. I'm someone that I don't have 700 friends, but I really value those few friends and we go back. We And so it's like, I want to allow them to get to know me. And so it takes me a long time, um, way longer than it's even taken you, but to get <laughs> confident in what I do so that I'm not going ho-hum. So there's this thing and it called the attraction and like, I help people manifest their dream life. Meanwhile, inside, I'm like, what are they thinking of me? And like, why don't I have a million dollars yet? And like, I just couldn't be secure until I'm at that point of like, I can speak to what I do and I can have confidence in that. And so I think just for anyone listening, whatever it is in your journey, you don't have to share everything right away. In fact, keeping it sacred to yourself could be better for longevity because in the very beginning, you saw Michael and then you all of a sudden phone your mom and be like, mom, I just saw Michael. You know, it it could actually mess with your vibes because they're going like, you what? Like, no, you didn't. And then now you're going, did I? So I think you really should be um, aware of your own energy and quote unquote, coming out to everyone. You don't have to do that the second you have an intuitive download. You can take your time until you feel, as you're saying, confident in what you're doing enough to speak on it. I just think there's a lot of gold in there because we, especially if you're an empath, like you could be very susceptible to what they say and how they judge you because people can, they don't like it. Or maybe that threatens, as I said, their relationship with God and they feel defensive or they go, when is that? That's not real. And then it messes with your mind. So it's okay to take that time, even if it's from your husband <laughs> or your family, <laughs> because it it comes across better once you're confident in it as well. Yeah, definitely. And I think if I had tried to share what I was experiencing before that point, it would have come across as like me trying to prove myself. And um, that's not the vibe I wanted. <laughs> mm-hmm. I knew that yeah. would have led to like an argument or to, um, you know, trying to figure out who's right. But I had to get to the point where I didn't care who was right. I just knew what I believed and what I'd experienced. Mm-hmm. I love that. And just sharing your experience. I've had these experiences. Like they can't argue with that anyway, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, you can share, you know, for everyone listening, like you can just share what you've gone through. And like, I've been introduced to some of these crazy things and you don't even have to get into all the details, but I really Mm -hmm. feel a big change and a lot of shifting for me. And I just wanted to tell you, you know, it can be that easy, but I really do think not easy because it's nerve wracking, but I do think (laughs) waiting till you're at that place is beautiful. So in this conversation, um, I want to hear now, like what has this led to? So we've been talking a lot about your journey where you were and do you have your other business still? What does your business look like now? You just mentioned a podcast. What's going on with you now? <laughs> yeah. So that DIY business that I started with, um, early in that like awakening phase when everything was happening so quickly, I heard a voice that said, sell your business. <laughs> And, um, so I sold my business, uh, <laughs> naturally, <laughs> obviously. Um, but I, that was pretty early in, in all of this happening that I, I heard this voice come in and actually my first response was that sounds amazing. You can do that. This is what I thought in my head. And then I thought, who is talking to me? <laughs> um, but once I got over that weird experience, I did actually decide to, 
follow that, um, that guidance and sell that business. So it turns out in case anyone wondered, you can sell a blog an online business and all of the social assets and everything that goes with that, you can sell it and people spend a lot of money and it's pretty awesome. So I sold that business. Um, it took a while to sell and then gosh, now, so that sold about a year and a half ago. And then about, um, I started doing a lot of readings about three or four months ago, and I've started a new business where I have a podcast that I'm talking all about spirituality as someone coming from this skeptic perception, coming from this like constantly in awe perception because I'm constantly in like wonder, awe, curiosity. I'm constantly surprised. Um, and then I'm doing readings for people. So I, yeah, I actually started a new spiritual business. Wow. That is a, that's like such a, a such a big leap, but also feels so right. Like yeah. it's crazy how quickly all this happened, but it feels so right that now you're using these gifts and these experiences, not just for yourself, but for others to channel messages for the podcast, to offer medicine. Cause I know on your podcast, you're also talking a lot about, um, like, like spiritual messages for people. So like, instead of looking at it like this spirit encourages us to do this, it's like, you're literally passing on. That's not the podcast just talking about your story. You're literally yeah. passing on <laughs> channeling medicine, which yeah. is so beautiful because then all of us can gain from what you've experienced and hear your personal stories, but also hear that just the straight goods from spirit, which is just incredible. And um, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been quite the journey. So I'd love to talk yeah. to you about some of those things. Like now that you're in this world of channeling and doing readings for people, what are some of the main messages that you see coming forward that you probably had no idea of before, but like, what does spirit want for us? What are some of those main themes beyond just the individual stories and the individual messages, those big themes you see come up that spirit wants to share with us and some of the things that you've learned? Yeah, I would say the the major message that is always coming through is love. I mean, at the root of every message that that comes through is love and it's spirit encouraging us to return to this self-love and in in messages for people it may come through as like spirit encouraging them to take more time for themselves or to like focus on forgiveness or you know whatever message comes through but at the root of that is learning love and beneath that is self-love because i really think that's where we have to start when we talk about love and the feeling that always comes through is that unconditional, unfiltered source love and a message that is always coming through from spirit and it's always at the top of my mind is the fact that we all have these souls within us and our soul exists in that same energy of source love, that pure, unfiltered, unconditional love. And so I feel like we're just always being guided back internally to experience that within ourselves and experiencing it within ourselves allows us to experience it in connection with other people in connection with spirit. But that, that deep love it's, it's at the root of everything. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. I got like full body goosebumps. I'm just like eyes <laughs> closed. Like, yes, which I'm sure there was a lot of people listening that had the same and it is so true. You know, I was brought up not religious and I used to see God as love on like a bumper sticker. And I remember even in my angsty F religion phase, I was like, God is love. Like, what does that even mean? Like, that's stupid. And now I come way back around to go like, oh, I get it. Spirit is un like, and it's the most brightest, sparkliest love you've ever experienced. It's almost like a love that 
humans only get glimpses of. It is so the true pure essence of unconditional. And it is the base of everything. And when we can bring more love into our life, we're on the right path. And love equals healing. Love equals nurturing. Love equals like... It's bringing that into our own space, like you said, and that brings spirit into ourselves so that we don't have to experience it outside ourselves. If you want to go to a building or go to a church or have a meeting, then you can find spirit there too, but it's already within you. And that Mm -hmm. I, I really feel you on that. And it's so simple, that unconditional love, like it's so simple, but it's medicine that we take in for a lifetime. Like we can study it for a lifetime because it's so depthy as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. So and powerful. I think we, we put up a lot of unconscious barriers to actually feeling and being able to accept and experience that love that's within us. And so even though like, I, I feel like it does sound so simple that the, the message is always love, but there's, it's hard to get there. It's hard to get to that love within. And that's been a major part of my personal journey is learning to let myself feel that love within. I mean, sometimes we even feel resistance to allowing ourselves to be fully happy or allowing ourselves to be fully loved. And so there's a lot of internal work that happens to get to the point where you can experience that. And and that's been a, a big lesson for me that Spirit's been leading me to. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely hear you on that. It is, it's, we, we all have barriers to love. I think that's the journey. I think that's the journey of awakening. Healing is slowly dissolving your barriers to love because we all have them. And I was just saying this earlier on a training, how like, if I can't take in unconditional love within myself or spirit, my husband who loves me unconditionally as much as a human actually can so incredible and he could love me so much and I could go like, yeah, well, I still hope he doesn't leave. Or what if he's just, or he says I'm beautiful. I'm like, well, yeah, but what if I, I won't, I I gained weight after a kid. Is he still going to love me or whatever? Because that those are our resistances to love. We can have people that truly love us and we can't take it in. There's a spirit that always is loving us, but we can't fully take it in. And I think that's just the journey of allowing love in a little bit more and a little bit more over time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing this. And for everyone listening, I'm going to put Emily's podcast below and just any ways that you can reach out, you can find her. She has the podcast um, Instagram as well, and I'll put all that below. But I just want to take a second in being your friend and mentor on this journey and in sections, I just really want to acknowledge when I was thinking about this interview and I was thinking about how your, how your journey unfolded so quick. And, you know, you know, me from working with me, I love to acknowledge because I just think that it's so key in this journey. And you've had a few really important key pieces that I just really want to acknowledge you for. I've noticed through this whole journey, you touched on it. You've been very open and this, openness when it was so foreign to you is so amazing. And that really needs to like, just have a second to acknowledge your openness to all of this, because it is scary and it's weird. And with all these things saying, this isn't how you were brought up and it wasn't what your friends were already talking about or your family. It was all so new. There was so many reasons to shut it down and be like, I have a I have a successful business and I, you know, you didn't have to do any of this stuff, but you were so open. I mean, you did in your karmic plan, but you know, you were so open to all this stuff that that's something that people listening like to really take away is that openness to where this path is going to lead you. And it might lead you to like weird witchy stuff you didn't know about, or it might lead you into healing and just being open. I think that's something that you have just had and that no expectation piece that you you said, and and then, so when angels or, you know, presences came forward, you're like, oh, wow. Oh, wow. And there's so much magic in that because when we are open and no expectations, we're pleasantly surprised. And I've noticed that with you just being, those kind of go hand in hand. Like it, they come in and you're not shutting it down. You're not going, that's weird. I'm never doing that again. You stayed open. You stayed without those expectations because in some ways you didn't have any expectations because you didn't really know you weren't trying to go get Michael. Like you literally were like, who is this basically at first and mm-hmm. then kind of figured it out. 
So I just really acknowledge your openness, your no expectations going along for the ride. And then the other thing I noticed being in contact with you so much as I'd be like, Oh, you know, intuition and all this stuff. You're like, Oh yeah, I already I took a course on that two months ago. Or yeah, I just the other day had a masterclass. And what I noticed about you is you kept learning, even though it was foreign, even though it wasn't what you knew about. And there wasn't a logical reason, like let's learn about investing so that I can make a million dollars. It was so like, I have no idea why I'm learning this, but you kept learning. You kept, I'd recommend that Sonia Choquette book. You're like, actually, I've already read that. I'm like, what? <laughs> Look at you. Or the courses you took or whatever. I really saw that in you. And I work with a lot of people and I just really noticed how you were just like on it, like continuing to learn. So those are the things I wanted to acknowledge you for in this journey. I feel like you've just rocked this energy of going along for the ride, surrendering without even realizing you're surrendering, going with it, being really open and just continuing to learn about those things that came up even when they were completely new. So wanted to acknowledge you for that. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. I think I, I think that that curiosity and that openness has really served me well because not only does it keep me open to new experiences, it also, um, if I don't have any expectations of how things are supposed to be, it lets me experience them in, in whatever way that I'm meant to. I, I think it's really, it's really served me on this journey, just staying open and staying curious and being willing to just see what happens next, which is not always an easy thing to do because I like to go, 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 go. <laughs> but, um, but I'm learning how to slow down a bit and let spirit lead me or nudge me or push me or guide me. And, um, and yeah, thank you. Just thank you for saying that. <laughs> yeah, you're so welcome. I was going to ask. So for anyone going through this awakening, what are your words of wisdom as the one who's just gone through this craziness, which is probably backing on what you just said, but what would you yeah. say to those going through a similar story? Yeah, I I mean, I would definitely say, yes, yeah, stay open. Also, um, I would really say, give yourself some grace. Like this experience of awakening it so much of it was really magical like and incredible like discovering this whole reality outside of the physical world was just such an insane amazing experience but at the same time it did require me to let go of who i thought i was of what i thought the world was it, there's there's grief in it too and i will it's an amazing journey. There's also a letting go that happens. And so I would say, just give yourself some grace as you experience that transformation, because I feel like a very different person than I was two years ago, five years ago, however long ago. And I had to let some of those things go that I believed about myself and about who I was and about how the world works and that it's, it's major. So give yourself the space to have that transformation experience. And if you're going through an awakening and there are days where you just feel like down and confused and, um, and, and a little sad, know that that's normal. It's, it's not all up and up and up. It's up and down and up and down and then a little higher up and then a little down. And that's how it goes. And that's totally normal and totally natural. And if you are going through an awakening, I would also recommend, um, if you can, to just try and find a community, maybe like an online community, a Facebook community, I don't know, somewhere where other people are experiencing the same thing. And if you can't find a community, then you should be listening to podcasts like this one and reading books about other people who have gone through the same thing because there's support out there for you if you look for it. And so just know that like, you're not alone, you're not crazy. Um, and there's, a million other people just like you experiencing the same thing you are, even if you feel like the only one, I promise you're not. Mm, yeah, so true. I love that. 
having grace for yourself, seeking support, realizing that you're not alone. It gives us the strength to keep going because mm -hmm. being spiritual or being energetic or intuitive or sensitive, it can be a lonely road and just being mm -hmm. around like-minded people. Um, and I think, you know, humans are bred to do that. We're bred to be community members. That's why it's like, if you're a single mom, finding a single mom's group, it's just like people that get me or whatever it is. Those awake that awakening support is very important as well. So thank you again, Emily, so mm -hmm. much. I will put all of the links in the show notes. Um, her podcast is called Suddenly Spiritual, mm -hmm. and you can find her on all the things, all the podcast platforms, and I'll put everything down below. Thank you again so much for sharing your story. It's been amazing today. Thank you, Talia. This is great. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode on the Awakening Her podcast. I hope you enjoyed this conversation between me and my guest. And if you did, we would love to hear from you. Come find us on Instagram. All the links are below in the show notes. Take a screenshot that you're listening to this episode, sharing your takeaways or your enthusiasm for the show. Tag us both over on Instagram. And if you do that, I will send you a free gift. I really do hope you enjoyed this conversation and I will see you in the next episode.